Hi, this is Karen Alea, and this is Right in Tin. And this is one of the last episodes in Season 1, although this COVID lockdown seems to be going on for decades, to me, the season has flown by. I have gotten to meet and hear from a lot of you out there, a lot of writers who've really inspired me. You're starting new things, or you're getting reinvigorated with work that you've had sitting on your desk for a while. I'm feeling the same. I want to highlight two women who can show you that you can take your degree in writing your talent, your experience, or just your drive to do something original besides just publishing a book. These two women have come up with this free newsletter called The Pause, and I know it because I might be about the same age as them going through a similar time in my life. But this newsletter They use their talents to make it smart, inclusive, and a touch opinionated. But the Pause newsletter comes out weekly, and it's focused on women's health. They gather real-life stories, the latest news and research, and time-tested tips for navigating this time in our lives. I'm really inspired by what they're doing, and I hope you check them out. They're at The Pause Newsletter dot substack dot com. And that's down in the details, too. But I think doing things with your writing that brings help and information to people out there is very needed right now. So if you've got something bubbling up inside you, go look at that newsletter and see what those ladies are doing and get your own inspiration. Today, we're going to go ahead and dive in with our guest writer who gives us her best writing advice, and I'm excited to have Blair Austin. She's hilarious. She's a writer. You can see some of her work in the New York Times, but she is also a teacher of comedy writing at the Second City, which I didn't realize Second City had these online writing courses. So go run and jump at that, too. You can also find her on Twitter at Uncommon Bee, Bee like the buzzing bee, and she just cracks me up all day long on there. But let's hear what Blair has to say. Hi, I'm Blair Austin. I'm going to discuss the idea of being vulnerable in your writing. Sometimes people are afraid to show imperfections because they don't want to be disliked, but usually it's quite the opposite. Your quirks and flaws are what make you interesting. Brene Brown, a vulnerability expert, says, in order for connection to happen, we have to allow ourselves to be seen, really seen. I love this quotation. I often share it with my students. Because unless we put ourselves out there, people can't make authentic connections with us. And that's really why they read. When we're vulnerable, it's highly rewarded because the readers can relate to your experiences and better understand their own. Failure is more interesting than success to an audience. Telling them your job's amazing or you married the perfect person is really not why people read stories. If you watch the show Fleabag, 
you've probably noticed that the main character, Fleabag, is a bit of a mess, and that's why so many people are so enamored with her. We relate to her. She's complicated. I learned in my own writing that the more I'm myself, the better the writing tends to be received, and I hope that's the case for you. Thank you, Blair. That's absolutely perfect. And what I love about the idea of being vulnerable is it not only gives you and your writing a depth, but it integrates into what we call style or voice. A lot of writers feel they might not be original, but when you start tapping into that vulnerable side, that's when you do begin to develop a voice and a style that's original to you. I want to go over two ways that you can become more vulnerable on the page. And let me say this works for fiction writing and nonfiction just as much as it does for memoir. It takes time to become vulnerable, but I can guarantee you the more you do it, you also start to develop. I wouldn't, I don't like to call it a thick skin, but it is that sort of resilience that writers need in general for when they put their writing out there. So it sort of is a twofer, does two things for you at once. So the first way that you can become vulnerable is sort of obvious, but it's pushing beyond what's comfortable for you. When writing about personal trauma, I recommend that you be already on the other side of healing to be able to do that and even discuss it with your therapist because it entails something totally different than what we're going to talk about today. But pushing beyond what you're comfortable with just means letting your writing start to peel off from your public identity. We all have an image, even when people say they are being authentic and real, that itself can be an image. So when we're writing, as we start feeling that the writing is getting away from us, in a way that makes us feel uncomfortable, that's when we know to keep going. That doesn't mean that you're going to publish those paragraphs and sentences, but that means you're going to follow that trail all the way to the end and keep making yourself feel uncomfortable. Of course, this is where I hop in and talk about free writing again. I love to just set a timer for 10 minutes, not pick up my pen, write longhand, and just go as hard and fast as I can on something because it pushes my brain into a different gear and it doesn't allow all my walls to go up. And by the end of it, I have something that I'm surprised and shocked I would say or do, but goes with what my character would, or if I'm writing memoir, goes with what is exactly at the heart of things. The second way to develop vulnerability is to get rid of some obstacles by pruning your community. 
And we've discussed this before in some other episodes, but really think about why you don't feel comfortable being vulnerable on the page or letting your characters do or say things that you think will make you look bad and find out just by yourself in a dark room who are you picturing will be dissatisfied with you. And you need to make some decisions if you want to become a really good experienced writer, how you can start to prune your community in different ways. Some easy fixes, get out of Facebook groups that you don't want to be in. Take a break from your writing group. Just say you need a little time to do some personal reflection on your own writing. Maybe just have one beta rater rather than a few and be very cautious of who you pick. Don't show your writing to your spouse, your best friend, your parents, if you know that you're going to get some kind of pushback or negativity. If they love you, they'll understand. Plus, you can just say, oh, I'm still working on it, and never ever say that you finished it and are having a beta reader read it. Pruning your community is not only good for your writing, but it's good for your soul. You need to be authentic to yourself. And believe me, I am now over 50 years old, and I still battle with people-pleasing and wanting everyone to like me and wanting to be a good writer and realizing that's just not the way it can be. There are people out there who will support you and love what you're doing when you're being vulnerable, seek them out, and you only need one or two of them. And don't worry about the rest. Let your life be your life, and let your writing be your writing. As you gain more confidence with being vulnerable, you can begin to open that door, and you can start to know who you're not going to listen to when they finally do read your work and come knocking on your door. Thanks again, Blair, for bringing us to that place in our writing that we know is essential if we really want to touch people on a deeper level. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you did, I hope that you'll rate and subscribe, tell a friend, and you can always go to the website, writein10.com. There's lots of searchable articles there. Plus, when I'm not recording, I will be still putting out blogs and gathering information from across the web so that you all have all the resources you need to keep writing. Have a good week, and again, I hope you stay well. Bye-bye.